anointed this year our goat year. And, and we understood that for it to be our greatest year of all time, it also requires so much more of us. To whom much is given, right? In fact, give them that verse real quick there, Tian. To whom much, Luke 12, 48, Jesus said it. He said, for everyone who has been given much will be required. Much, much is going to be required of us. For, and from him who has been entrusted with much, much more will be demanded. My God. I don't think we understand many times what we're really asking God for when we pray for more. Because sure, I'll give it to you, but when I give you more, I'm going to require more. Amen? And why not? Why not? I, I believe this is the law of reciprocity. And I give and I need to see something back. So the more I give, the more I want to see, come on. I want to see something back. We've anointed this year the greatest of all time. And, and I believe it's going to be that way because we are not only going to see more. We're not only going to do more. We're going to feel this constant pull from the Holy Spirit saying, I'm requiring more. I'm demanding more. Do you still believe God wants us to be your greatest year? Not because your pastor said so. Not just because 23 is symbolic of Michael Jordan, the greatest of all time. But because ultimately God has greater things for me to accomplish this year. Amen. If you believe that, put a praise on that right now. Put a praise on it. Put a praise on it. Don't be silent. Put a praise on it. Amen. Amen. At our New Year's Eve party, we were praising God late into the midnight hour. Some of us didn't get out of here tougher, 2 a.m. But I remember what Pastor Barry was preaching. Uh, my daughter told me later, she's like, you preach something like that, Daddy. I was like, huh, maybe my kids are listening. Praise the Lord. But Pastor Barry said something awesome. He said he was playing Mario Brothers, and, and he was struggling to get to the next level. And, and struggling to get to that next level. Now, you don't have to admit this, but I know there's video gamers in the room. I know it. Come on, don't, don't, don't act like you ain't got some go-to game somewhere, right? Even just solitaire. Come on, you, you got a little go-to. Video gamers in the house, okay? One of my, one of my I, I love video games, I was going to admit. You know, I, I came up in that era when, when everything was, was, you know, Nintendo first showed up, and I, I caught the tail end of Atari, so I, I'm, I, I, I'm dating myself. I go back that far. And I grew up loving video games, but you know what my most favorite thing about video games is? The opportunity to level up. Think about Mario Brothers. You can never level up. I, I, you, you, you got the same things. Right? You got the fireball. And you got the star once in a while. But yeah, the, fly, the flower to, to, you know, to shoot some fire and the, the mushroom to get big. But, but you couldn't level up. I love the idea of leveling up. Here's a simple definition for, for the gamers in the house. You know what I'm talking about. Level up means to advance or improve yourself, someone else, or something else. It means to progress or to achieve the next level. Here's what I want to tell you real quick at the beginning of this, of this time of preaching. There are certain mindsets, certain agendas, certain demons that I can fight, but I can't change on this level. For it to change, I have to go to a higher level. 
I came to declare to every political agenda in our nation that is trying to manipulate and confuse this generation. You, we cannot fight it on this level. To win the victory over, we have to ascend to a higher place. There are some demons you've been fighting in your family, and why can't I win this? Go ahead and keep fighting right on that level if you don't want to see a change. But if you want to see something better, if you want to actually see the victory, it can't be won on this level, clearly. We've got to ascend someplace higher. Anybody else in this room have an inner sense that there's a higher calling on your life? Anyone have an inner sense there's a higher level God is calling me to? Amen. And then one more time. If there's a higher place, if there's a greater purpose in 2023 from everyone who has been given much, much will be required. And from him who has been entrusted with much, even more will be demanded. Does that make sense to everyone in the room? I can't hardly see everybody, but does that make sense? Is it one of those scriptures that are just straightforward? Come on. You give your child a little bit more responsibility, right? I'm going to give you a little more freedom, but, but with that comes responsibility. Okay? Absolutely. Sure. I don't trust you with the phone, but you better not be watching anything you shouldn't be watching. Talking to anybody after a certain time of night. Responsibility. Ooh. Why do I always feel kickback when I say that word? This generation wants to talk about their rights. I want to talk about your responsibility with those rights. Okay. All right. All right. All right. You can be seated. You can be seated. Amen. Amen. Our God is great. Tiana, show them how great our God is. Just show them that quick image of how great our God is. Amen. Come on, somebody. Can I get an amen from somebody who knows? Our God is greater. Amen. Hallelujah. I just had to make you smile for a moment. Before I kind of get into this, this message today, I preached something similar years ago, and I titled it Level Up. And, and I realized that Every so often, we, we, we kind of get to that space where we realize I've, I've, been, I've kind of plateaued. I've been on the, on the same level for quite a while. And as I shared last week, the only way to ever get higher is to, to come back down from that mountaintop, that plateau you've been to. Make up your mind, I'm not a one-hit wonder, okay? I, 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 I celebrate what you've accomplished for God, but at some point in time, we're going to be like, what else you got? Uh, seriously, so you got to come down from that mountaintop, go through the valley, and climb the next mountain. So if, if you're at a, at a plateau right now, praise the Lord, but there's still greater places for you. If, you. if you're coming down the mountain, then just know God's got some place he's calling you to. If you're in the valley right now, don't stay there. Pass through it. If you're climbing up right now, God's going to give you the strength to achieve what he has next for your life. But I, I, I realize this, that, that sometimes we, we get this higher level stuff wrong, right? And, and Tiana, give that next image. I would hate to have been the person who, who print, come on. <laughs> I mean, hallelujah, praise God Chris Fellows is risen, hello, hey man, he's here Come on, somebody just thank God I was able to get to church today Come on, right? I mean, uh, uh, two inches of snow, come on, we live in, the, in, in, in North America, ladies and gentlemen we, The Northern Hemisphere, we, we know what happens Snow's gonna, And I want to praise God for everyone who came from Olivet Drives the hour plus to say, Come on, put your hands together and show love so I, I want to be in God's house, I'm not going to make excuses <sighs> I guess my, my, my point is just simply this. The greatest curse on the modern day church isn't the sins we commit. The greatest curse is our lack of commitment. We all commit sin. Pastors commit sin. 
Sometimes it's just the, the, the sin of omission, things I just, uh, there are sins that we commit all the time. That's not our greatest curse. Our greatest curse is the fact that we are, especially in this generation, we lack commitment. Why is the divorce rate in, in the body of Christ high, if not sometimes higher than that in the world? We lack commitments. Have you, have you ever, in living this walk with God, have you ever just tried to offer God leftovers? Yeah. Here, God, here's, here's, here's what's left of my praise. Here's what's left of my talents. Here's what's left of my time. Here was, here's what's left of, dare I say, money. Here's, here's your leftovers, God. I'm, I'm giving you leftovers. And as a pastor, I have observed the last three years since the quarantine of 2020. Can you believe it was already three years ago? My God. Since that quarantine of 2020, I have observed self-proclaiming Christ followers not only stop coming to church, but worse, they keep coming to church, but they stop being the church. And, and I just want to say this. I, I don't believe God ever called us to spectate. I believe that God has called us to participate in what he's doing. Listen to me. There's no victory and no joy and no blessing in watching others serve and in watching others praise and watching others give and watching others love and watching others fellowship. There's no victory. There's no next level in just spectating. God is looking for participation. And I believe God wants to break this mindset of let me go and just get mine. And then I go again. My God, ladies and gentlemen, look at me, look at me, look at me. I want to break this mindset of let me go to church, get mine, and then go home. Woo, thank you. Thank you to somebody who's still serving God. That, that, that is the wrong mindset to have. Why? Because I don't believe that Jesus went through being falsely accused, mocked, flawed, made to wear a crown of thorns, had his back ripped open, forced to carry a cross up a hill, and then suffer and die the most horrible of all deaths, known as crucifixion, just so that you could sit there and be a bench warmer. That is not why he gave his life. He leveled down from heaven so that you and I today could level up to new places of joy, new places of victory, new places of anointing, new places of peace, new places of power. And if God is calling you to a higher level today, then don't sit there and stare at me. Open up your mouth and say, thank you, Lord. You're not going to leave me where you found me. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, it's 2023. You can't, you can't treat this word of God and, and, and these promises of God the way you did, like you did in 2022. You have to grab hold of these things today. Believe God, you have, a, you have a new level for me to achieve. And when I look back on the cross, I can't help but say, my God, everything that Jesus went through, that he suffered through, was not so I could just come and get mine and go. What I want to do is I was going to break down this, this story of the final interaction between two men in the Bible. One of these men, he, he ascended to a higher level, Literally. Hey, but the other man, he actually leveled up because he received a double portion from the first. Read with me in the book of 2 Kings, chapter 2. It says this. That was kind of cool. I didn't mean to do that. And it came to pass when the Lord was about to take up Elijah into the heavens by a whirlwind that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. Then Elijah said to Elisha, now this feels like a tongue twister every time you say Elijah and Elisha together, I get that. Stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Bethel. Now, 
if I was Elisha, you know, serving the man of God, I'd be like, whatever you want. Sure, absolutely, whatever you say, I'll do it. But, but Elisha has something else sitting in his spirit. He realizes a higher level God, God has for me as well. And so Elisha says, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. Now, verse 3 tells us some sons of the prophets came out and told Elijah, Elisha, hey, you know what's getting ready to happen? Yeah, I know what's getting ready to happen. Just shut up. That's kind of what he says. I'm paraphrasing. That's what he says. Okay. Verse 4, then he, Elijah said to Elisha again, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Jericho. But Elisha said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. And in Jericho, some more prophets show up and they say the same thing to Elisha. Hey, you know what's getting ready to happen to Elijah? Shut up. I know. Verse 6, then Elijah said to him, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to the Jordan River. But he said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on together. The Bible tells us that 50 of the sons of the prophets there show up. And, and again, they're ready to say the same exact, here's just a repeat of it feels like the whole entire story. But look at verse 8. Now Elijah took his mantle, rolled it up struck the water, and it divided this way and that so that the two of them crossed over. Michael, can I get my, can I get my mantle, sir? Thank you. I don't have a, an Old Testament mantle. What I have is a Star Wars Jedi robe. <laughs> but it's going to symbolize what I'm trying to point out today. Elijah takes that, what he's known for. Elijah takes it off. And he rolls it up. And he walks up to the River Jordan, and he strikes that water, and as he does, it parts. And the Bible tells us something miraculous happens. They don't cross through the water. They cross through dry land. They cross over on dry ground. Here's the first thing I want to tell you for those of you who are ready for an, uh, uh, the next level, another level, a greater level in your life. In order to level up, we have to cross over. We have to cross over. And it isn't so significant, Rev, that this place of transition is the Jordan River because the Jordan River biblically symbolizes transition. It symbolizes the crossing over from death to life. The Jordan River is that place where Joshua and the Israelites crossed over and began their conquest of the promised land. The Jordan River is that place where Naaman the Syrian, who was a leper, dipped seven times into that water. And when he comes up the seventh time, he's completely healed of his disease. That Jordan River is the place where John the Baptist shows up and he says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The Jordan River is that place where Jesus, to fulfill all righteousness, is baptized. And as he comes up publicly, the whole Holy Spirit descends upon him like a dove. So the Jordan River is a place of transition. And I believe God is looking for someone here today who is willing to no longer stand on the banks, but to cross over, cross over from mediocrity into excellence. Somebody cross over from average to extraordinary. Cross over from weakness into supernatural power. Somebody put your hands together and let God know, I'm here to cross over from faith to fear. I'm here to cross over from my sinful behavior to sanctified behavior. I'm here to cross over from being defeated to being victorious, from death to life. I need you to know that God does have a greater purpose for your life. So can I encourage somebody here today? Don't wait until you're old and dilapidated. Follow Jesus right now. Follow him right now while you can still fit in your skinny jeans. Follow him right. And if you can't fit in those skinny jeans, follow him right 
now. Woo, hallelujah. At the end of this fast, some of you are going to be like, hey, pastor, look at my jeans again. Hey, boy, look at this. <laughs> pastor, but I, I realize when I tell people God has a greater purpose for their life, I also realize that I get objections. When I, when I try to encourage many of you in different forms of fasting, fashions, maybe you don't vocalize it to me like, I can't, Pastor. Instead, in, in your own mind, in your own heart, the enemy starts to, to manipulate, right? And he starts telling you stuff like, you just got saved. Who do you think you are? He tells you stuff like, you don't even know any scriptures yet. How's God going to use you? Or, 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 or maybe you have been in church for a while. Maybe you do know the word, but... But you still have struggles. And so Satan tries to tell you, well, you're still battling with this. There's, you can't go to a higher level. Hmm. And I've got good news for you to hear today. God does not deal with you based on where you are. God deals with you based on where he's called you to be. Come on, I dare you to put your hands together and let the enemy know. I hear your lies, but that's not how God deals with me. He deals with me on a, on a higher level. And if right now is not where you're going to be, then put your hands together and say, thank you, Lord, you're not done with me yet. This right here, this explains why some of you have been through so much lately. Because God is calling you higher, and you cannot accomplish the greater things God has for your life on your current level. It just won't, the greater won't work where you currently are. And that's why he wakes you up at night. That's why he, he, he puts things in your spirit to pray about. This is, this is why he's, he's, he's giving you a hunger and a thirst for the word. This, this is why I, I believe this year some of you are going to get just so dissatisfied with always staring at your phone because there's a higher purpose. God is, is calling you. So you're going to get so dissatisfied with the level you've lived on for so long because there's a, a, a greater place God is calling me to. And so I can't get there on my current level. I believe God is calling us to level up. Hebrew me, verse 9, verse 9 of 2 Kings 2. And so it was, when they crossed over, that Elijah said to Elisha, ask what I may do for you before I am taken away from you. So Elisha said, please let me have a double portion of your spirits. Let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. I know it's no coincidence that Nadi was talking about a double portion during worship. There's a double portion anointed in this house today. Somebody ready to grab it? So he said, you have asked, check this out, a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I am taken up, it shall be so for you. But if you don't, it shall not be so. Here's, the, here's what I've learned from the interaction between Elijah and Elisha. It's my second point. If you're ready to, to level up, if you're ready to go to that greater level, in order to level up, we have to stay connected. This isn't just about crossing over. We have to stay connected. I got a feeling my amens are going to die down right here. So for those of you who are connected to the body, help me out. Okay. Stay connected to church. Stay connected to the services. When we have small groups, don't come for a week and then dip out the next four. Stay connected. Stay connected to fellowship. How about this? Stay connected to accountability. Stay connected. First Corinthians chapter 12. I won't read you the whole thing, but, but when Paul talks about the gifts of the Spirit, he talks about how the gifts are for the body. It's not to highlight how great you are. It's to highlight that the body needs your giftings. 
and we are a body. And he says it's about the body. We're not just anybody. We're the body of Christ. So whatever part of the body you are here today, the body can, the one member of the body cannot say to the other, I don't need you. How foolish would it be for your eye to say to your nose, I don't need you. Or for your ear to say to your foot, I don't need you. How dare we as Christians say to somebody else, I don't need you. We're the body of Christ. Michael, can you, come here for a second, Michael, come here. I, I just like using Michael for stuff, come here. Because yeah. he's a willing vessel. Michael, put your pinky out. Put your pinky out. Hit me with that pinky. Come on. Hit me with that pinky. Ow. Now, hit me. Come on. Come on. I'm, I'm telling you to you, Elisha. Let's go. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Body shots. Yeah. Kidney shots. All right. Do it again. All right. Do it as hard as you can. Just give it to me. Not, not bad. Not bad. Yeah. Hurt you more than hurt me. So I'm about to catch a revelation right here. This is how you've been fighting the enemy. It's how you've been fighting your fear. It's how, it's how you've been fighting your, your struggle. Michael, take that pinky and unite it with, woo, unite it with the rest of the body. All right, Michael, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me, don't hurt me too bad. All right. Okay, we're going, and if you really wanted to, if you really want, what I'm simply trying to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, is when we stick together, we are, we are stronger than the power, thank you, sir, of the enemy. I, what, what is the opposite of connection? Isolation. People don't want me to preach this, sir, because I preach it all the time. And they don't, they don't adhere to me saying this. Instead, they, they continue to do exactly what the enemy wants them to do. The Bible teaches us the need for connection. The enemy always tries to get you in isolation. This is what, what Peter caught. He caught this revelation one time. He said this in 1 Peter 5.8. We need to pray for Michael's pinky. Amen. All right. He said, he said for a few, he said, be sober minded, be watchful. Okay. Why? Because your adversary, someone say my adversary, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Now I talk about this a lot, Ms. Vitti, because I, I, I've studied how lions hunt and, and they're very stealthy. That's why we have to be sober. Because they sneak up on you. It's a surprise attack. So you have to remain sober. You have to remain vigilant. You have to remain aware. You have to be watchful. Parents, please be watchful of what your kids are watching. Because your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. You know, here's what happens when lions hunt. What they typically do is, is they realize they can't take down the entire herd. So what they do is they sneak up on the, the isolated, weaker, younger, and even sometimes much older, isolated members of the herd. They can't take down the herd, so they target those who have been separated. Mm, my God, they don't want to hear it, sir. I, I know your kid is holy, sometimes, in front of your face. When you're giving them instruction and correction, yes, daddy, yes, mommy. Well, what do you do when I'm not looking? How, how are you living when I can't see you? Ooh, I feel like some teenagers are getting a little, 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 get a little anxious, pastor. Please stop right there and move on to your next point. Hallelujah. 
I'm just trying to let you know there's an enemy out there who will not hit you with a head-on attack. It's stealth. And before you know it, the lion is right on top of the weak, the young, the isolated. And this is, I, I, just, I don't want to say this, Michael, but Satan doesn't fight fair. He just doesn't fight fair. He's going to attack you when you feel hurt. Anybody, honest people, anybody ever been through some church hurt? A pastor, an elder, a bishop, a, a deacon, a, a praise and worship a leader, a, just a fellow parishioner. I've experienced church, and the enemy looks for those moments when you start to pull back. I always know when someone's getting ready to leave the church because they used to sit here, and now I see them way back over in that corner over there. I'm not pointing at anybody. I'm just simply saying, okay, I see what's going on. I see what's happening here. You're pulling away. I've been hurt. I've been, I feel alone, so I isolate myself. And I found this declaration. I want to give this declaration to two people. Number one, to the individual believer. Do not neglect assembling together. Those who are watching, are we still online? Are we still on? Those who are watching, do not neglect assembling with the local body of believers. And those of you who are here assembled, be extremely cautious when you make decisions to lessen your involvement in church. Be extremely cautious when you feel the need to stop serving and pull back. Be extreme, even if it's just for a short amount of time, be extremely cautious in this season. Because Satan is a greater threat to those who are on the fringe than to those who are protected by the herd. Let me hear from the people on the back row. Amen. To the second group of people, I want to say this. To the corporate body of believers, don't just assemble. Help carry one another's burdens, Galatians 6.2, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Help me carry my burden. Here's what I know. Satan can't sneak up from behind you if you're surrounded by fellow believers. Amen? In order to go to that next level, I have to stay connected. I see this in Elisha's life. Elisha's life is proof that connection leads to elevation. If you know the story of Elisha and Elijah, he act, Elisha receives his calling to become a prophet all the way back in 1 Kings chapter 19. What happens is, is Elijah walks up to him and he throws his mantle on him. Now Elisha's just out there just doing what he's done every single day. He's just working the field, plowing the field with his oxen every single day. I don't even have time to get into this. I, I wish I could because when the mantle falls on, e, on Elisha, it's, it's really what it's signifying that the calling of Elisha, Elijah has now been passed on to Elisha. But if you notice what happened, e, Elijah takes that mantle and he runs back to Elisha. Here's what that signifies. I'm not ready yet. I'm, I'm not ready to fully receive what this means. So he gives it back to Elijah. But instead, here's what Elisha does. He gets connected. 
And for the next six years of his life, Bible scholars tell us, he serves Elijah. Whatever the man of God needs, I will do. Whatever, whatever church service are going to have, I will be there. We're going to pray downtown Aurora, I will be there. We're going to have small groups, I'll host one. We're, 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 we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna maybe go down to Olivet and have a once a month church service. I'll, I'll, I'll help. We, 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 we might go up to Chicago and help Pastor Jeff. You know, whatever. I, I, whatever. I'm connected. I'll do whatever it takes. So the next years of the next six years of his life, he's learning, he's serving, he's growing. And I want to tell you this: if you're taking notes, write this down. What's next starts with a commitment to what's now. So you've got your head in the clouds and, and you've got these lofty goals and lofty dreams, and I'm glad you have them, but you're never gonna get there if you don't start now. It takes a commitment to, to write now. So Elisha gets connected to Elijah. The mantle's already been placed. The calling has already been, been, been placed upon him. But he says, I'm not ready yet. And so he returns that mantle back to the man of God. And here's what's crazy about that story. In their final moments together, what, what do we see right here? We just read it. We see Elijah giving Elisha three different opportunities to walk away. Stay here. The Lord has called me on. Oh, no. Stay here. The Lord has called me on. Stay here. The Lord has called me on. Peter, do you, do you love me? <laughs> feed, my, feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Bless you. Feed my lambs. Peter, do you love me? Because I remember Peter denying him three times around the fire, and so three times I'm going to restore him back. Three different times. Elisha is, is allowed to walk away. Can I tell you, family, you will be most tempted to quit when you are the closest to your calling. I'm preaching to someone that has come too far and you've come too close to quit right now. I believe it's time to ask God what Elisha asked Elijah. Ask him the hard things. Come on, if you know he's a big God, it's time to ask him for the big things. He's so big, I might as well pray big prayers. I might as well believe big. I might as well have big faith. I came to let you know no matter how big you pray, no matter how big you ask, no matter how big you believe, your God is bigger. So ask the hard thing. Keep reading me, verse 11. Then it happened, as they continued on and talked, that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it, and he cried, My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. And he saw Elijah no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and he tore them into two pieces. Now, verse 13 is where I want to finish. And he also. Whoo! Come on, Elijah had this. I dropped it on, on Elisha, but he gave it back. Okay, so if you see me when I go up, you can have what's mine. Bam! And he's gone. Just like that. Maybe, I don't mean to get too theological, but... You, you know who's still living right now? Who's still living in heaven, in his physical body? A man named Elijah. 
Oh, he'll be back. Read the book of Revelations. He'll be back. Yeah, he'll be back. But that's not my point. My point is the very next verse. Look at verse 13 with me. After he wept and cried about what he had lost, and it's okay to grieve, and some of you are still doing that right now, go ahead and grieve and cry and let it, get it out what you've lost, but don't stay there. The very next verse is for you in 2023. He says this, Elisha also picked up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and he went back and he stood by the bank of that Jordan and verse 14 he took that mantle of Elijah and he struck the water the same way his mentor did and he said where is the God of Elijah why because I believe that God is about to prove himself to be my God and when he had struck the water the Bible says it divided this way and that and Elisha crossed over and leveled up into what God had for his life. So here's my last point. God has already provided everything you need to level up. You just need to pick it up. It's not deep. It's not deep. But it's truth. Pick it up. Even in the pain of losing his mentor, Elisha already had everything that he needed to step into the next level. How many of you in 2023, maybe in 2020, how many of you have been asking God, when will it be my time? When, when will I be able to, to step up to the plate? When will I be able to step out into my calling? When, when, when is it going to be my time to, to level up? I want to tell you, just like Esther, you and I have been brought into the kingdom of God for such a time as this. Whew. Maybe you have felt unnoticed. Maybe you have felt like I'm forgotten. Maybe you have felt like your past disqualifies you from a greater future God has. But I want you to know, even in these moments where you have felt like you're not enough, not good enough, the fact that you have crossed over, the fact that you have stayed connected, the fact that you are here now is proof that God has been working on you. He has been building something in you, building your integrity, building your character. He has been teaching you how to walk by faith and not by sight. He has been teaching you how to obey even when it's hard. And I want to tell somebody's spirit here today, hear the word of the Lord. When is it my time? Now is your time. Now is your turn. It is time to level up. So don't stand there today. It is time to pick up what God has already prepared. Elisha, that mantle, it's, it's falling right there at your feet, bro. But are you brave enough to pick it up? I want to tell somebody here today, you can look at it as much as you want to. You can dream about it. You can, you can preach about it. You can sing about it. You can write books about it. You can shout out. You can dance all around it. But it will mean nothing, and it will do nothing for you, and nothing will happen for you until you pick it up. Are you courageous enough? Are you brave enough? Are you willing enough to pick up that mantle and walk it out? Brave enough to pick it up and work it out? Or are we just a bunch of wannabes? Oh, shoot. She used the term all the time back in the 90s. That wannabe over there. Yeah, just a wannabe. Shouldn't dress like that because I know you ain't down. You a wannabe. Right. Don't, 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 be, no, no, don't, don't act like that. Huh? 
I know you ain't that. You'll want to be. I, I see smiles on the faces of people that are over the age of 30. Y'all know what I'm talking about. All them, all them wannabes. The, 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 here's what a wannabe is. A wannabe is somebody who wants the title, wants the position, wants the recognition, wants the authority, wants the miracle signs and wonders, wa wants to be recognized, wants to be known, but they do not want to pay the price that it cost to have it. The mantle of Elijah was so much more than just a Luke Skywalker's robe that fell to the ground. This was something more than, than just, hey, you know who I am. When I've got my mantle wrapped around my shoulders. This was a symbol of everything that he was. This mantle symbolized his sacrifice. This mantle symbolized his commitment. This mantle right here symbolized his love for God and God's people. This mantle symbolized his consecration and separation unto the will of God for his life. This mantle symbolized his power. So when Elisha picks it up, Here's what that means. I'm picking up everything that Elijah was. I'm making it my own. I'm stepping up. I'll be willing to pay the price. I will live the life. I am what this thing says I am. A Jedi Knight. I am what it says. I'm willing to pay the price. I hear the Holy Spirit telling somebody today, this thing has fallen within your reach. It's literally within your reach. Now stop staring at it. Stop singing about it. Stop praying for it. Stop waiting for a word from the pastor. Pick up what God has prepared for you this year. Come on, Samson. You can kill a thousand Philistines with the jawbone of a donkey, but you have to pick it up first. Come on, David, you can take out Goliath, but you've got to go down to the brook and pick up those five smooth stones first. Come on, Jesus, you can defeat Satan and sin and death, but you got to pick up that cross first. You got to pick it up first. I hear the Holy Spirit telling you it's within your reach. Now pick it up. Tiana, give him verse 14 one more time. Give me verse 14 one more time. Because I want you to see something so powerful. What was Elijah's very last miracle? Elijah's very last miracle was Elisha's very first. I picked up where the man of God left. I came to tell somebody we don't have to start over. We get to pick up where the previous generation has left off. I don't have to start at the beginning. I get to pick up where they left off. And here's what I believe. I believe if we want to see the power of God on display, there has got to be a transfer of that anointing, a generational transfer of that spirit, a generational transfer of faith, a generational transfer of devotion, a generational transfer of commitment. I want to harp on parents because you're not just passing down a house and a car and money and a will to your children. You are passing on a spiritual heritage, a spiritual legacy, something that they can have, pick up on, and become. Stand your feet with me all over this room. Stand your feet with me. Here's what I want to tell you right now. My grandparents saw crazy miracles. Reverend Jerry's sister Nancy came up under my grandparents' ministry. My, my elders saw wild miracles. I remember my father telling me about a, 
camp meeting, tent meeting that my grandfather would take them to. And Rev, correct me if I'm wrong, but there was a guy who had no eye, right? No eye at all. Ronald Coyne. And they would cover his good eye. And supernaturally, he could read without an eye. Without an eye. I remember grandma and grandpa telling me about the piles of wheelchairs. I'm not, I'm not talking about one or two, some crutches, piles, like, like, like you would see like, like at, at the dump. Just a pile of wheelchairs because people who were lame before they got to church, now were walking, leaping, and praising God on their way out. Isn't it so mind-boggling to this generation because we haven't seen it? And the reason we can't receive it is because we haven't seen it. But I came to remind you, everything we receive is by faith and not by sight. Now, Elijah told Elisha, you have to see this. But that's the old covenant. I'm telling you under the new, you just have to believe it. And you will see it. The demons that came out of people in mass during the time period of the 40s and 50s in these tent revivals that swept our nation. Most of us don't even know church history. We don't know what God has done. And this is why it's so easy for the next generation to neglect and forget and walk away from God because our, our predecessors didn't tell us, look what the Lord has done. I want to be part of a generation that sees the lame walk again. I want to be part of a generation that sees blind eyes open. I want to be part of a generation that sees autistic children completely healed. Not only, not just off the spectrum, but now standing out as a spectacular miracle of the power of God. I need somebody to help me for a moment that's just got enough faith to say, I want to see the greater things that God has. David, I'm losing my voice, so give me a little bit more. Lift up your hands with me right now and agree with me in faith. God, you are, we say he's a great God. Why can't we believe for greater things then? I, I want to see people who are bedridden because of diseases, infections, infirmities. I want to see them literally jump up out of that bed and begin to walk and leap and praise God. I want to see people who come in here tormented by devils, completely set free. Nadia told me last week something happened. I believe it's going to keep happening where the Spirit of God is going to show up in such a powerful way. You walk into this place with a devil, and that devil's either got to leave or you're going to go. But either way, we're going to see the Spirit of God set the captives free. I want to see the greater things God has promised for this generation. And if we want that double portion, we can't pray for it. We just got to pick it up. Pick it up. Pick it up. I want to open up this altar right now for anybody who says, I'm tired of living on this current level. I'm ready for more. I'm ready for double. I'm ready to pick it up. Get out of your seat and come on. You don't have to wait for me. Come on. I'm ready for double. I'm ready for double. I'm ready for, I feel the Spirit of God calling me higher. I'm ready. Amen. I'm ready for double. I'm ready. Come on, somebody. Come on. Help me now. I'm ready for double. I'm prepared for 
for double. I'm anointed for double. I'm destined for double. There's a greater purpose. There's a greater authority. So get a freedom right now. Get a total freedom right now to be everything you've been called to be. Get it right now. Get it right. Pick it up. Pick it up. Pick it up. Don't look at it. Don't pray for it. Don't ask for it. Pick it up. Pick up that double. Pick it up. Double. 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 I'm picking up what God has. The greater he has. Now is the time for more. Now is the time for greater. If you're at this altar, throw up your hands high with me. If you're sitting in your seat still, I, I love you, but this is I'm speaking out of the people who are up front because they're ready to pick up more. If you've got everything you need from God, I, I love you, and, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but I do want to tell you this. Keep your hands raised. This mantle has fallen within reach. It's fallen within reach. Pastor Beto, but if they don't pick it up, hey Esther, you're here for such a time as this, but if you don't do it, salvation will come from somewhere else. I need to forewarn you right now. If you refuse to pick it up, God will send somebody else that will. God, God will send another church, another ministry. God will send another vessel. God will find somebody that says, I am willing to pick it up. But if you are willing to pick up what God has for you this year, family, then know this, you are saying to God, I'm not a spectator. I'm in the game. I'm not a bench warmer. I'm a participant. You're telling God here today, Lord, I am committed. Lord, I will cross over. Lord, I am here to do your will. Father, I am, I am yours. I I will stay connected. I will go to the higher level. Well, amen. With your hands raised. With your amen. I'm here to pick it up. I'm here to pick it up. I felt bad about myself long enough. I've been hurting long enough. I've been lost and confused. I will pick it up. I will pick it up. I will pick it up. I'm committed. I'm committed, Lord. I'm yours, Lord. I'm yours. Every part of me is yours. All over this room with our hands raised. All of us who are going to a greater level. Come on, where are you at? Where are the people going to a greater level in 2023? Somebody declare this over your life right now. Greater levels. Come on, declare your life. Greater faith. De declare this greater anointing. Declare this greater purpose. Declare this greater power. Declare this greater consecration. Declare this greater commitment. Declare this greater connection. Declares, I will pick it up. 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 That anointing you have for my life, that purpose you have, I will pick it up. Woo. Hallelujah. Now help me right now. Lay hands on somebody near you. Grab a shoulder, grab a hand on somebody right now. Greater anointing in 2023. Greater purpose in 2023. Greater authority this year. Greater, greater, greater things. Greater things. Greater things. Not just for your life. From your life. From your life. Not just for you. From you. Not just for you. From you. Greater coming from you. From you. Greater coming from you. Greater coming from you. Greater coming from you. Greater coming. Not just for you. From you. From. Greater coming from 
from you. Greater coming from you. The enemy has fought you hard enough. He's trying to keep you down and oppressed long enough. Greater, 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 greater. Pick it up. It's right in front of you. Pick it up. Pick it up. It's already been prepared. Pick it up. 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 I pick it up. I pick up your will, Lord. I pick up your purpose, Lord. I pick up your plan. I pick it up. I'm not trying to talk to you in obscurities. I'm not trying to talk to you in ideals. I mean, you know what God has prepared for you. He's dropped it at your feet. Pick it up. Pick it up. Pastor Bethel, I, I, I want us to just take a moment right now. Just turn, just really stretch with your hands with me towards the congregation. We release right now a mantle of authority on your life. There are prophets in this room and your gift sits dormant because you won't pick it up. There are worshipers in this room, but your gift sits dormant because you won't pick it up. We stretch forth our hands right now to every preacher in this room. Pick it up. We stretch forth our hands right now to, to everyone who will serve in some level of ministry. Don't stare at it. Pick it up. To every children's worker that hasn't been doing anything yet, pick it up. To, to, to every one of us who know we've been called by God for something more. You know what that, I may not have the, the full details, but I know there's something more. By faith, by faith, just reach forward and pick it up. Just, just by faith, pick it. I, I, I'm ready for the more. I'm ready to do more. I, I'm ready to fulfill. Pick it up. The apostolic anointing, pick it up. The, the, the teaching anointing, pick it up. The anointing to serve, pick it up. The anointing to lead, pick it up. The anointing to love, pick it up. The gift of faith, pick it up. The gift those miracles. Pick it up. The gift of speaking in tongues and interpretation. Pick it up. The gift of discernment of spirits. Pick it up. staring at me won't accomplish it but by faith today by faith in a great God we're going to see double portion double portion double portion somebody by faith can you, can you just help me look at that ramp over there just and let's just see wheelchairs lined up not to go up the ramp lined up because they don't need it anymore that takes big faith I've got a big God I said I've got a big God I said, I've got a mighty God. I've got a mighty God. Nothing is too difficult for him. I've got a mighty God. Whew. Amen. Lay your hands on somebody again just real quick. I'm done. Lay your hands on somebody. I've gone way over my time, and some of you are upset because it's a playoff game. I get it. I get it. At some point in time in your life, you all saw great things. How many believe we've seen nothing yet? Come on. Come on. As you take just the next 30 seconds, I want you to pray over that brother or that sister, that son or daughter, that, that mother or father, that friend or stranger. Pray over them. This is our GOAT year, the greatest of all time. That means there's greater healing here. There's greater healing here. There's greater joy here. Oh, yes. Yes, there's greater authority here greater greater Woo. amen amen 
Somebody just take, just take 10 more seconds with me. Let's pray against every mental disease right now. In the name. Come on, help me curse every mental disease and release healing today. Come on, help me release it today all over this room. I come against every form of anxiety. I come against schizophrenia. I come against bipolar disease. I, I come against depression. Everything that you've been diagnosed with in your mind. I speak healing to your mind today. And I declare the, the word of the Lord. He will keep those in perfect peace whose minds are stayed upon him. Keep your mind upon the Lord, on his goodness. Lastly, I just want you to pray this over that person. Just declare it. Next level. Come on, just declare it. Next level. Next level. Next level. Next level. You can't, you can't keep fighting these devils on this level and expect to win. Next level. Next level. Next level. Our Bishop Jake saying new levels, new devils. Fine. I'll fight those new ones, but I'm tired of these old ones. Ha, ha, fine. I'll get there. I'll get there. Next level. Next level. Come on, I need some, I need the spirit of prophecy to stir up in this church. Somebody just, just kind of wave your arms around this room and declare next level. Next level. Next level. Amen. Next level. Next level. Next level. Come on, speak it over somebody. You're going to a higher level. You're going to a higher level. A higher level. A higher level. You're going up. 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 I gotta, I gotta say this. I gotta say this. So let me get your attention just for a quick moment. Just, I'll, I'll be real quick. I'll be real quick. Pastor Bethel, I, I couldn't finish this, this message encouraging the body to go to the next level when I realize there are people in here who haven't even started. So I want to show you something real quick. I'll be, I'll be real quick. Matthew 17. Jesus takes three of his closest disciples to a meeting on top of a mountain. Peter, James, and John go with him. It's called the Mount of Transfiguration. And here's what happens. While Jesus is standing there with his disciples at the top of this mountain, suddenly two men appear, Moses and Elijah. Ooh. Here's what I want you to see. The last time we saw Elijah, Pastor Beto, was outside the promised land. He crossed the Jordan away from the promised land. So he's standing on the outside of the promised land. But now, at the Mount of Transfiguration, he's standing inside the promised land. What was the only reason he could enter the promised land? A man named Jesus welcomed him in. I need you to know the whole purpose of this book is not to entertain you. The whole purpose of my preaching is not to entertain you. It's to assure you that you matter to God. Your life matters to God. The only way Elijah could get into the promised land, the only way Moses could get into, because he died outside it as well, was a savior named Jesus brought them in to the promise of God. I want, to, I want to give you this last verse from 1 John 4, 9. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. Greater life for you this year. I'm talking about the thief who comes to rob, kill, and destroy. 
I'm not talking about him. I'm talking about the one who came to give you life and life more abundantly. Greater life. Greater life. All over this room right now, just lift your hands with me. If you're close to God, then this, this is just, hey, this is just say, hey, God, I love you. I'm yours. If you've been far from God or if you don't know God yet, the only way to God, I'm going to say something very politically incorrect. The only way to heaven, the only way to God is through Jesus Christ, his only begotten son. Rev, there are not five ways. There are not four ways. There are not three ways. There are not two ways. There's only one way to heaven. And it is not your good works. And it is not religion. And it's not some other group of people. It is through Jesus. Right now, Father, repeat this to me. Father, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Come into my life. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. I believe Jesus leveled down, came to earth, lived a sinless life, died on the cross for my sins, and was resurrected from the grave. Jesus, I put my faith in you. I put my trust in you. I put my hope in you. And I believe I will live with you forever in heaven. Amen and amen. Come on, put your hands together.